he was there pretty quickly. I can't even say how many pushes, honestly. It was like such a blur, I feel like, with him. Not that it wasn't a good blur, but it was just one of those things that I was like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. And then once he was out, it was like, they had him on my chest and I was like, guys, I did it, I did it, it was, I did it, I, I did it. Danielle, welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. This is going to be part two of Sarah's birth stories. We ended last episode where she had had a loss, and now she is going to be sharing her last two births. So you can take it away, Sarah. All right. So um, my fourth um, pregnancy started out, um, we... Well, I guess we we didn't wait very long after our loss really to try again. So, um, but it was about a year um, before we had our um, our son, and when we we actually went back to um, OB care for the beginning of his pregnancy, which was kind of interesting. Um, even though I knew that we. I didn't want the epidural this time and I didn't want, um, interventions and I wanted to try to do things, um, more naturally. I still, um, the hospital was what we knew and we, um, especially after our loss, we weren't really as confident, I guess, to try, um, a different route. Mm. Uh, and I wasn't sure with my Gittleman's that they would, um, that the midwives in our area would be as confident to take us. Um, but we, yeah, so we started out OB care again, um, just with the same OB that I had with my, um, my third, uh, baby. And she, um, I didn't like have an awful experience with her, but when we started discussing, um, maybe I didn't want the epidural and I was going to go, um, naturally she kind of just like brushed me off. Like it wasn't, Oh, why would you want to do that? That's not, Mm. uh, (laughs) like you've already had three. That's not really a a thing that (laughs) I'm like, well, (laughs) okay. Mm. Um, but at that point I was also talking with, um, a doula in our area. Um, and she had been a long time doula and, uh, she had a lot of resources and information. And so she had given me some questions to ask her to just see, and she encouraged me to definitely, um, if, if she didn't have, you know, the answers 
<laughs> that I wanted to hear, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so we were talking with her, and I actually ended up taking her childbirth education class that she did. Yeah, so we decided um, just through her birth class and um, feeling confident that, that someone else would um, take us, I decided at like 28 weeks that we were going to switch um, to the hospital midwives at a different hospital, um, which for me was kind of scary. I'm a person who doesn't like change. I like things to be the same. I like to know what's going to happen. Um, so that was kind of hard uh, for me to to do, but I knew that it was something that would help things go better. Mm-hmm. Um so we switched to, yeah, to hospital midwives. And um, these midwives I really felt really good about. I know some hospital midwives are not, are just like really similar to OBs and don't, um, don't uh, care about different things, but, um, or like, you know, they just have their hospital policy, policies that they have to stick to. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, but these ones, one was, had been like a home birth midwife. Um, and so that was really reassuring to me that she, you know, that she was more holistically minded and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we had, um, an agreement basically that uh, my potassium levels had to stay at a certain level for me to, to birth with them and not, um, be like in a regular hospital room. And, um, so that was really, um, it was good, um, in a way, cause it was, it was kind of what we were hoping for anyway, um, to just not have complications, you know? Um, and so we were able to keep it at that level and they had no problems with us, um, staying, um, in their low intervention, um, suites that they have. So, mm. and that was like one of my biggest things that I, I wanted to switch for was the room because, yeah. uh, we had showers in the rooms, um, versus the regular hospital rooms at the hospital did not. Um, and nowadays a lot of hospital rooms do, but these, these ones didn't, um, unless you were in the low intervention rooms. And so, um, that was really my, that was my thing. Like throughout that whole labor, I was like, okay, I can't get the epidural because I want the shower. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's what I want. Um, so, so yeah, so we went into labor with him at, um, 41 weeks. Um, yeah, it was right at 41 weeks and he was, um, and actually I kind of was, I was so done being pregnant. Like everyone is at that stage, Mm -hmm. but, um, I was, I thought for a while that I had like a UTI and like we were having issues with that. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> and um, finally, my mom was like, well, we'll take the kids back to our house. And you guys just stay and, you know, maybe it'll you'll be able to relax and you can just have him and it'll be fine. Um, 
And this is also the first birth that I had hired a doula for. So, um, we, we had hired a doula and I hadn't done that before, but I knew that I would need that support to go naturally. And I wasn't sure how I felt about having my mom, um, there this time. Um, and I felt like she, it might be better if she just had the kids and didn't, um, cause she hadn't been to the birth class with us and she didn't really understand like why I would like really wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I had hired a doula and so we had been communicating with her and, um, we kind of, um, we, I went into labor and I was like, kind of in denial again. I was like, I don't know that this is really labor. Like I'm so done, but if it's not, I don't want to be like, maybe it is and going anyway. So we, um, I was like, let's just like settle down and relax and watch a movie. And, um, you know, if it continues, then we'll, then we'll go somewhere. Right. Um, but we started, it was like a long movie and I was like, by the by the middle I was like these are real contractions and we might have to go somewhere after this <laughs> they're getting kind of a sense. and then um like his mom called um Christian's mom called my my husband's mom and um they talked for a little bit but I was like don't tell her anything don't tell her I'm in labor don't mm-hmm. and like then my family called and they like were letting us know that they got home safe and whatever and I was like, we're just not telling anyone it's not happening yet. And he's like, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure we're going to go like to the hospital next. I'm like, I know, but I just don't want people to know. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, And then, uh, so like by, I want to say by like 10, it was like nine when we contacted the midwives and they were like, okay, well, you're welcome to come in whenever you um, feel like you need to and we'll check you and see, you know, if it's real labor and, and whatever. Um, and so I went in, um, I want to say we got there like nine and they finally, um, admitted us at like 10, 10 30, but they had, you know, they, they have the triage. And so we went in and I was, I want to say it was a four and I had a bulging bag of water, she said. And so she kind of had the discussion with me then that, okay, if you get, you know, to a nine and it's still not broken, it might be beneficial at that time to break it. Um, Cause I really, it will help the baby come, you know, quicker. And so we're People like, okay, well, to break we'll waters. <laughs> Right. Well, and it was one of those, it was like, she's like, we definitely won't do anything now, but if, you know, it comes to that, that might be a, Mm -hmm. you know, that that will be an option. Um, and so we were like, okay, whatever. Um, but we didn't think that, you know, that wasn't something that we wanted to do right then. And she was fine with that. And so we walked around for a while and they were like, we want, we just want you to walk around and just make sure that things are progressing and, and then we'll, um, come back and evaluate and so we walked around for an hour and we came back and I was like at a five and so they were like oh yep definitely um and they were like we have we you have your choice of 
of the room. So which room do you want? Um, so we got uh, our room, and then um, we they did um, my initial labs because they um, wanted to check the potassium um, just to be sure I didn't need any. Um, and then we did... Um, we labored on the birth ball for a while, um, and then I really wanted to get into the shower, and so I stayed in the shower pretty much all of transition. <laughs> I was um, in the shower, and they really did not um, bother me. She came in like two times, I think, and checked um, heartbeat and stuff with the Doppler, but... Um, she pretty much just left us alone, which was nice. Um, and then, um, the shower started not, um, being as effective. And so I was like, okay, I'm ready to do something else. So we got out and, um, I don't even know like what time exactly it had been at that point, but we, um, I tried laboring on the toilet. That was not, a fun position for me so I did not like that mm. but then um and then my water broke like just a little bit um like enough that I was like I think my water broke guys but not enough that it was like a gush everywhere so um they were like okay well um there's probably a little leak which is fine at this point it's not a big deal um can we check you and just see, um, how things are going? I said, okay. Um, but we got out, um, into the room and I kind of was feeling pushy and, um, they were like, okay, let's check you really quick and see, um, how things are going. And, um, so we moved over to the bed and we kind of um were trying well I was gonna lay down but then um I I liked the counter pressure on my back um and so I didn't want to lay on my back so I was like can we just like wait for a little bit they're like okay I'll just get another heartbeat um and then we'll kind of roll over and check and see how things are going, and, um, I was at a nine, and she was like, the waters are still bulging, would you like us to, um, break them, and, you know, at that point, I was like, yes, get it, get it done, let's do it, and so, um, she broke the waters in, like, not even ten, I mean, not even ten minutes, and he, I was, like, full-on pushing, and he, um, and they actually were kind of concerned because they, he had gone so far down in my pelvis that they couldn't get a good heart, um, mm. like heartbeat on him. So they were like, okay, we really need you to, you know, be pushing hard so that we can get him out. Um, so we can make sure that everything's okay. And, um, so we did. And, um, that, I mean, it wasn't scary necessarily but it was just one of those things that they're like okay this is what's happening and this is why we're asking you to do this because we're not mm. sure and yeah um, and so it could not be good but 
you know, it could still be fine. It's still fairly normal, but, um, yeah. So then we, yeah, he was there pretty quickly. I can't even say how many pushes, honestly. It was like, it was such a blur, I feel like, with him. Not that it wasn't a good blur, but it was just one of those things that I was like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. And mm-hmm. then um, and then once he was out, it was like, this. I they had him on my chest, and I was like, guys, I did it, I did it, it was, I did it, I, mm-hmm. I did it. And my doula was like, yes, you did. And actually, she was, uh, she was so funny, she was like, I was so worried about Christian because, like, my, one of my biggest things for her was, like, okay, you need to watch Christian and see how he's doing because if he needs help, I need you to help him so that, <laughs> he, so that he can be there. Um, and so, but he was, like, no, I did great. I didn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, like, I think it's because I was just more involved. I had more to do, and I had to, like, you know, because mm. he was doing counter pressure a lot and, um things and so uh yeah but he was like no I did great um but they did end up giving me Pitocin um after the delivery of the placenta just because his placenta was so large um and they were just really concerned about um the quickness of my clotting and different things like that so Mm. so I did get Pitocin in the leg but I labored without an IV um with them which was nice. We had talked about previously doing an IV um, at our visits, like just a, a saline lock so that just in case I needed potassium or something, um, they could do that. But when it came down to like when we got there and they were taking blood and stuff, I thought that they were going to leave it in, but then they didn't. And I was like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> they're not concerned about it. I'm not getting concerned about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> So did you notice a difference in your first natural, like, immediate postpartum versus your, like, epidural immediate postpartums, or was it pretty much the same? Um, I think that I had a little bit more of a high with my um, natural birth. I think, I think it was probably a combination of, like, just the hormones and everything, but also just being able to like th- do something that I didn't think that I could do before. Does that make sense? Mm, so like yeah. just like feeling so accomplished. Like I did, I did this thing that was so hard and I knew it was going to be hard, but I did it mm. like, exactly how I wanted to do it, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah. So I think it was definitely um, better than, than my others uh, for sure. Um, yeah, the, the hormones were definitely strong and I really feel like my postpartum with, um, him was better. We, we had so much, I don't know. I think I just was able to give myself so much more, um, grace to like just heal and, and cuddle and just like have that time with the baby um and not worry about you know oh I need to be up and cleaning the house or the help the kids do this or that or whatever um and really like just be able to tell myself it was okay for us to sit here you know 
I think my oldest was six when he was born. So he was old enough that he could, like, bring me things to make them for lunch, you know, like sandwich stuff and that kind of thing. So it wasn't like like I had to get up and do yeah. things. <laughs> um, so, and he was really helpful too, but, um, but just, yeah, just being able to, like, to say, no, it's okay to sit here and feed the baby. Like, I don't have yeah. to be doing other things. I don't. Or, like, sit here and take a nap with the baby because that's really what I need to do and not not go help clean the house or do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think, really helped as well. And, um, I, and I kind of attribute that to our childbirth education class as well because she really covered postpartum, um, like, planning really well. And I think it really helped Christian to put him on the same page as well. Uh, my husband, so that we, he didn't, he could help, like, take some of that burden and just, like, make sure that I was taking care of myself and, like, doing those things instead of doing the house things or, you know, taking care of the kids, the other kids, I should say. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that um, also was really helpful. Um, to do, to do, so, yeah, um, yeah, so it was a really good postpartum experience, um, overall. That's good. Yeah, Yeah, it's so important to plan for postpartum. That's one thing that is not, I feel like, not talked about too much in the birth world or, like yeah. in childbirth education classes or, you know, so yeah, I yeah. always appreciate when moms share that because it's like, yes, we have to plan for that time because otherwise yeah. we're just going to get lost in the adjustment and feel overwhelmed. And, yeah. Know, so important. Well, and the more, yeah. And it's not talked about it as much. And so it's, it, it makes you feel alone if you don't. Yeah. Like, if you don't yeah. plan for it, you know. Um, yeah. I think society I think it, has kind of ingrained in us that we should push out a baby and then, like, go to Target the next day. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, like, we should bounce back so fast. But, yeah. I mean, really, you know, even if we had a great birth with, you know, you, even if we feel really good after birth, we should still take okay. that time to really just rest and plan ahead so we can do that for sure. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have anything else from that? Let's see what baby I'm con- I'm I'm lost since <laughs> since this is no. part part 2 okay. and we're recording again. Yes. This is yes. number 4. So my, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. My fourth. Um, mm. Yeah. So um my fifth, we, um, let's see, we, I didn't get pregnant again until after I weaned him, um, which was about 14 months, I think, 13 or 14 months, um, because I had, um, I had actually, uh, helped my sister, 
um, give birth to her first. And so, um, in that time period, um, I weaned my son and helped her with her birth. And that kind of, um, started me being passionate about birth. Um, well, actually my last birth, I guess had done that, but (laughs) anyway, um, but yeah, so we, um, yeah, she was, um, we found out we were pregnant that mother's day. Um, and she, yeah, her pregnancy was still really good. We, um, we decided to switch from the hospital midwives to, um, birth center midwives because things had gone so well, um, with the last birth and, um, I had actually been seeing, uh, one of the birth centers, um, holistic nurse practitioners that was there for, um, help with my Gittleman syndrome issues. And so, um, because I had been seeing her, they were, um, they were willing to take me on as a patient, um, with the midwives. Uh, and so, Again, my whole pregnancy, it was kind of the same. We just kind of wanted to keep my potassium up at the right levels. Um, I was actually on um, oral progesterone for the beginning of her pregnancy and um, and a progesterone cream as well. Um, just because my, I can't remember, my progesterone levels were lower than they liked to see, I think. And so they were, um, a little bit concerned about that. Um, and I had had the loss before my son. And so they were, um, they were just trying to be proactive in that, which was fine. Um, we, and then, and we just did that until like, I don't remember. I think we stopped at like 16 or something weeks um with the oral and then I think we continued to do the cream until I was like 20 weeks with her um and then we but that was kind of the only thing I've had migraines with most of my pregnancies and um so I I did have kind of more frequent migraines with her but not um not like debilitating or anything. Um, and then we, I mean, we had a great experience with our midwives. I loved, um, I really loved them. Uh, they, um, so it was a practice of like four or five, um, midwives and they just kind of rotated through and you got to meet everybody at like, a a different prenatal they like tried to have you meet each of them um just to make sure you knew them when uh you gave birth if it was their on-call time or whatever um and so yeah we had that um did you notice a difference between the hospital midwives and the birth center midwives or was it a pretty similar experience Um, for me, it was a fairly similar experience. Um, the 
birth center midwives, um, had seen me for my, um, my previous, uh, loss. And so they, um, so it was kind of nice to like see them again and, um, and things like that. But overall it was, um, I don't know, just the atmosphere was different. I feel like, um, you know, birth centers are just a little bit more laid back and like homey than, uh, than the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I could take my other kids with me actually with the hospital midwives. I, they were okay with that as well. This was pre pandemic. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but with my, my last, they, they, they were okay with the kids coming, but I didn't often do that. I kind of, I'm one of those people who, if I can get a babysitter, I will so that I can like focus on just like being at my appointment and be alone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's good. But, um, yeah, so, so I didn't take them that often, but I don't know. It was, it was a good, just, yeah, I, I think it was just the homey, like just more comfortable feeling, Mm. but yeah. Um, and then we had, let's see. Uh, so with her, I really felt like maybe she would like come early like she would be my early baby and so I was like I had every and she was doing January and um I I was like well as long as she doesn't come before 36 weeks the the you know we can still stay at the birth center that's no big deal um and so like I had our bags packed for like at 35 weeks. I was like, something's going to happen and we're going to need them. So, (laughs) and that was like the week of Christmas or the week before Christmas. And my parents came down because I was like, I'm not traveling. We're too close to the date. Um, so you can come down here for Christmas. (laughs) And they're like, okay. Um, so that was fun. And then, uh, they had just left, um, to go back home and that night I I was doing dishes and I felt this like really big contraction like it wasn't like anything I'd felt before and I was like this is weird and I had never had prodromal well okay that's not true I did have some prodromal labor with my son before um my fourth but um this time I was like, no, this is a real contraction. And it was just like one big contraction. And then, um, and I was like, this is so strange. Um, and then it kind of, I had some more contractions, but it wasn't super consistent, but they were pretty intense contractions. So I was like, this is different. (laughs) And so I kind of, uh, we contacted the midwives and I was like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm not sure exactly. Um, so you're like, okay, well, if you can wait like an hour, maybe 
uh, and see how things are going. And, um, and we like called my family back and we were like, can you come back and just <laughs> be here with the kids? Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, <laughs> we can do that. Um, and so I, we did end up going in, um, late that night. I can't, I can't remember what time we went in, but I was like, this is something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. It's not regular. (laughs) And so we went in and, um, into the birth center and the midwife on call was actually, um, she was actually one of the more medical minded ones. So I didn't really, she wasn't my favorite, but, (laughs) um, but she was like, uh, she checked me and she was like, well, you are, um, I can't even remember how dilated she said I was, but I, but she was like, your baby is breech. I think, I don't think she's head down. Um, and she's like, we're finding the heartbeat in the place that it would be if it was breech. And it doesn't feel right when I check you. I, I think that she's breech. Um, and if that's the case, you cannot have your baby here. We have to, oh, no. to like transfer or, I mean, she was like, okay, so here's your choice. We can try and stall labor until we can get it ultrasound, um, which their ultrasound place didn't open until like seven or eight in the morning. And so she was like, we can, you know, do Epsom salt baths. We can do, you know, um, potassium, or not potassium, magnesium IV, um, whatever, you know, we can to slow it down. But if it doesn't slow down, then we're going to have to transfer you because we don't know. And so we're like, okay, well, we'll just try and slow it down and wait it out. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. Um, so we filled up the tub and put Epsom salts in it and just like hung out pretty much all night. And, um, in the morning, the, uh, the new midwife, um, she came in and she said, uh, she checked again and she was like, okay, so baby is still consistently, um, breech. And this, this was, um, my favorite midwife. Um, I'll call her my favorite midwife. I love her. But, um, she, she was very experienced. She had done a breach without borders, um, uh, workshop before. And so she, like, she, they had like emergency delivered breach there, but it, it's not, it's against our state laws for them to deliver oh, breach. Okay. So, um, so they, um, they don't like do that at the birth center. So mm-hmm. he was like, this is our options. I can call the hospital. She said, your contractions have slowed down. So you're still in early labor. Um, so we can call the hospital and see who is on staff and what your options would be. Um, because, you know, there are a few, um, doctors who will do 
um, ECV but won't do breach. And then there are a few doctors who won't do ECV but they will do breach. So, um, <laughs> so we can call and just see. Like, okay, well, let's do that. Um, especially because we would want to go over to the hospital anyway and get our ultrasound because um, that's what our insurance would cover. So um, she was like, this we can do this. So we called and they had a doctor on, um, rotation right then that would do the ECV, um, but she would not do breach, uh, birth. So, um, so we were like, okay, well, if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. So we, uh, went in to the hospital and I had a doula again. So, she was with us the whole time, and she was really helpful. Um, and so whenever we went in, we talked about um, we well, we had talked about before how I because that was actually one of my worries that ba- the baby would be breached. So I had asked her um, if she knew like who at the hospital would deliver breach, and because I knew that the midwives wouldn't. And, um, she was like, well, I can ask around and see, um, but you know, they don't like advertise that obviously. (laughs) Um, so, so, um, we had looked into it a little bit beforehand, but we went in and the doctor was really, really easy to work with. Like she was so helpful. Like we went in and I was like, okay, um, she was like, okay, you're 36 weeks. This is baby number five. She still has a lot of, I mean, room. So there's no, I mean, you're a really good candidate for an ACV. No big deal. And we were like, okay, so if you can turn the baby, can we go back, like leave and go back to the birth center? Like providing everything's okay. Like, you know, I'm okay. Baby's okay. Whatever. And they were like, yes, sure, of course. And um, so were and you I was still like, okay. contracting this whole time? Like, were you in I labor? Was, I was, but it had, like, really spaced out to, like, oh, okay. Ten, I mean, there was, like, 10 to 12 minutes now in between contracting. So it was really spacing out. Um, and so we, yeah, so we got there, and it was still, again, it was just – pretty spaced out and the contractions were not super intense either. Like before they had been pretty intense. So I was really, that's, that's part of the reason I was like, it's time to go. I don't know what's going on. It feels weird, but we've got to go and get checked out. Um, so then, um, and they, when they did the ultrasound, when we came into the hospital, they were like, Oh, yep. Baby's breached. That's, that is the case. So then, Um, oh, the other thing we asked was, okay, can you do it without the epidural? If I don't want the epidural, will you do the the ECV? And she was like, yes, I, you're five time mom. You can, she has lots of room again. I should be able to turn her pretty easily without the the epidural. I, I won't make you do that. So we were like, okay, great. Um, and we were like, okay, if everything's okay and you can't turn her, can we still go home if, you know, labor is 
not imminent right now? And they're like, yeah, you can do that. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, good. <laughs> Great. Um, we're like, okay, got all of our questions cleared out of the way. And then, um, so this was 20, uh, 21. So they still had the, um, uh, PPE that they had to like put on if they were going to do any kind of procedure. So they, um, they were like, okay, we're going to step out, move you to, um, a labor room and, um, try and do the ECV. Um, we're going to get our, um, PPE on, and then we'll come back in, do the second ultrasound to make sure we know where baby is, and then we'll go from there. So they went out, and we switched rooms, and um, they came back in, and they um, they had had me hooked up to monitors, like even when we moved rooms. And um, once they got me back on the monitors in the second room, they were like, oh, this is interesting. Um, baby's heartbeat isn't in the same place. And we were like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Um, and they were like, huh, okay, um, we'll, we'll just see. And so they, the second ultrasound, baby was head down again. Oh, so we were like, goodness. oh, no. <laughs> they were like, of course this would happen. We knew it would. We got in our PPE and here it is. That's all. We don't even have to do anything. Mm. So... We were so happy. Um, and so they let us go. And we had actually um, gotten hold of my chiropractor and, like, scheduled an appointment for, like, that day because we were like, well, if I am in labor and we can't get her to turn, like, with anything, then we're going to go in and get <laughs> get adjusted and see if that helps. Because mm-hmm. um, I had been having regular chiropractic adjustments. Um, yeah. So then um, – then we um, we got to go home, and uh, she decided not to come for <laughs> another six, no, um, five weeks. She oh stayed in until um, 41, and no, she stayed in 40 and five. Wow. Yeah, 40 weeks and five days, I think. But she was, yeah, I, I thought for sure she would be coming on her due date though, because she, well, she'd already given us that scare, but then, um, my other kids had gone, um, alternating, you know, about on their due date and then like 41 weeks and then 40 and then, um, 41 again. And so we were like, okay, she's gotta be a 40 week one. Um, (laughs) so when we got to 40 weeks, I was not, I was not too happy, but, um, but she, did end up coming in. We had actually, um, again, my parents had stayed, uh, come in like for a weekend or something. And, and, um, they were like, okay, we can take, um, we, I don't think we can take all of them back, but we can take a couple of them. Do you want us to take a couple? And, and then, you know, you don't have as many to worry about. And we're like, oh, okay. Um, so they took my, I think they took my oldest and um, my uh, my third for the the week, and so um, I had my second and my fourth, and they get along really well, and so I was like, it'll be fine. Um, and I think that 
that night again, um, I went into labor uh, with her. Well, no, okay, that's not right. They were getting, they were getting ready to leave. We were having dinner and stuff. And, and I finally was like, okay, these contractions might be real contractions. Um, and so by the time we were ready to leave for the birth center, um, they, they were like, okay, well, we'll stay until you come back then. (laughs) Um, so we, we did our, um, I let the midwives know and we came in, um, and we got checked at like six, six thirty, and I was at a six and, um, and then she, I labored, um, I labored on the ball again for a while and then, um, we decided to fill up the tub and I kind of wish that I had chosen to go to the shower um, because they had a shower but not in the room but the tub also had like a a shower head like wand thing um that you could use so we kind of we kind of used the tub and the shower wand both um but again I kind of wish that I had gone to the shower instead but It was okay in the end. (laughs) By the time I was in the tub, it was like, I'm not moving out of the tub. (laughs) Um, But I am definitely a water person. I love, like, the the feel of the water. So that was really relaxing and helpful. And, um, yeah, so then they basically just checked on her with Doppler um, a few times. And I I had been in the tub um, for a bit. And my water broke in the tub, but like it, it was kind of weird because I didn't, I felt it, but then I was like, I don't know, it might've been my water, maybe it was a weird pressure pop. I'm not sure. And my doula was like, well, it probably was, I see mucus plug in the, in the tub, so I think so. Um, so then, um, not very long after her water broke she, we, um, I started pushing and my, my, my doula was like, wait, uh, let me go get the midwives. So, um, she went and got them and they checked and they were like, oh yeah, you're definitely ready to push whenever you, you feel like I'm like, good. Cause I'm pushing right <laughs> That's now. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so then, um, and they, I had been, like, leaning forward over the front of the tub, and they were like, okay, um, do you want to lay, lay back so that, you know, it'll be easier to, to put the baby on your chest and whatever, and I was like, nope, I am in this position, I'm gonna stay here until, (laughs) until she comes out, guys, Mm -hmm. um, they were like, okay, (laughs) we'll just have to have you lay back, um, quickly after afterwards um I was like okay I don't care at this point that sounds great (laughs) um and then um she I felt you know it's so intense at that point and you're um 
I was just so ready for her to come. And I was just like, okay, come on, come on. And I heard her in my head. She, like, she was just, I'm coming, I'm coming. I was like, I know, just get here. Um, and, like, I had never had that with any of my kids, like, felt like they had communicated with me, like, when they were in that stage. And so that was really neat for me um, to feel that. But, um, yeah, and then she was here, and it was, they laid me back and put her on my chest. She really um, didn't cry a whole lot, and they were a little bit concerned about that, but she had, she did have some mucus, like, in her um, nose and stuff, and so they kind of sucked that out, but it wasn't, like, you know, the scariness at the hot, I don't know, I sometimes I feel like they, it's just, like, super scary, like, they just make things so dramatic and scary in the hospital (laughs) when Mm -hmm. it's not, like, they were just so calm about it, okay, well, she's not really, um, making as much noise as we would like her to, okay, let's, like, play with her feet and do this and that, and, um, and so it was kind of, but they were just so calm about it, like, okay, she's not quite doing this, but, you know, she looks good otherwise, okay, and, like, just, (laughs) just, I don't know, it just was so calming, um, and nice, um, have that and then uh I got to cut the cord and um placenta came out fairly immediately um not like not too long after um but it did come out in the tub and then um we moved to the bed and um I remember being like really shaky um but not, like, they weren't super concerned about that. Like, we got us covered up and, like, warmed up and that kind of thing, and they weren't um, worried about it. And, um, yeah, so she she was a little bit bigger than her sister, um, but, like, by a pound. She was a pound bigger, but she... And my, my previous, so my fourth had been, again, nine pounds, seven ounces. And then, um, my last was eight, 12. Um, and then her sister before her was seven, 12. So she was a pound heavier than her sister, but she still like was so easy. I felt like she didn't take very long to come out and um, mm-hmm. even though it feels kind of longer when you're pushing, but, um, but yeah, so then, um, had her, um, and everything was pretty smooth, um, until about, so at four hours, they are ready to discharge you from the, um, birth center, but they allow you to stay, like, if, you want to rest some more or whatever. Um, and so we, um, had decided that we would rest until morning. Cause she, so she was, she was 
we went in and got checked at like 6.30 is when we went in. And she was born at 9.22. So it was a really, really quick birth for me. My others were like 12 hours and like 9 hours, I think, has been had been my average. And so I was like, okay, it's going to be a longer time. But she was so quick once we got to the hospital. Um, but I kind of think that maybe with all of the prodromal labor I had and that kind of thing, that it you know, it was just, had already done a lot of the work, you know what I mean? Um, at least I like to think that it had, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hear that a lot that like when people have prodromal labor, they end up having a pretty quick, quick labor. So it seems to be to prove itself true over and over again. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a quick labor for me. But then, um, anyway, at about the four-hour postpartum mark, um, I, w- I got to go to the bathroom, and the nurse had been in there, so she was helping me. And um, I, like, I didn't faint, but I felt really dizzy and really nauseous um, on the toilet. And so, and the nurse was really concerned. And maybe I did faint. I don't remember being like that out of it, but, um, she seemed really concerned and she called the midwife back and, um, cause the midwife had gone home and, um, and had her come back in, which was good because they ended up, I was, and I can't, I still can't figure it out exactly if I was like just clotting too quickly that it, it like wouldn't, it wasn't flowing enough to come out, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. so it was just sitting um, in my uterus instead of coming out. So the clots weren't actually coming out, if that makes sense. Um, and so they, um, were con- really, really concerned about that, but the placenta had looked good. Like when it came out, they were like, okay, it's whole. There's no missing parts. You know, um, we don't need to necessarily worry about that. Um, but then, but then this happened. So, um, they got me back to the bed and the midwife came. They had given me a, a shot of Pitocin and then they hooked up an IV of a, like a different medication, um, to try and help, um, like stop things. I'm not exactly sure, um, if it was like to help, like it clot better or, not, I'm not, again, I'm not like clear exactly on what like the issue exactly was, but she, the midwife did end up having to go in manually and like scrape out the clots, um, which was really painful, but, (laughs) but, um, I, yeah, so, but like, my baby slept through it and like my husband he was like I woke up at one point and you were like beside me and he like took my hand and he was like what can I do and I was like just hold my hand he's like okay he's like and then I went back to sleep (laughs) but um but yeah it was really hard but it wasn't I mean it I don't want to say it wasn't scary because it was a little bit scary, but at the same time, I knew that if it was an imminently dangerous situation, they would transfer me 
Like, yeah. that's just what would happen. Like, and it wasn't anything that I was, I was like, if it happens, it happens. It's what needs to happen, you know. Yeah. Um, but they were able to get things under control. And um, once she had, like, gotten everything out, it was fine. And it, like, I didn't have any issues after that. So I don't know exactly, um, again, what exactly had happened. And they talked, they, like, talked about it later. And they were like, it was a hemorrhage, but it was a weird hemorrhage. Like, it was, mm. like, so, so much clotting that, yeah, it like couldn't go anywhere and so they were worried about it sitting you know so I don't know it was it was just an interesting situation um but it turned out fine and it didn't cause me any like issues later so that was really good um and I didn't get transferred which was again good I felt like um and postpartum was nice um they they did um have us come into the birth center for our appointments and actually with my hospital midwives they had come to our house um right after for the babies well I guess the the birth center they did have their um their traveling our income um, to the house right after to do the, um, our state requires a hearing test, um, as well as the PKU anyway. Um, so they did those at our house after, um, we had gone home. Um, but yeah. And then, um, my follow-up appointments were good. And this time my oldest was 10, so he was really helpful. (laughs) um postpartum he was my little angel I love him so much but um he yeah he was big enough and I had kind of prepared them this time that okay um so like all of them can make their own like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and like just you know they knew where the snacks were and like they could get those kind of things for themselves Mm. um and so that was really helpful to to have them old enough to like help the younger kids and and not have to be up as much again and um to you know just really again enjoy that postpartum baby time and be able to to allow myself to rest and um things like that uh, was really helpful yeah but yeah (sighs) Yeah, that's that's a good idea to like kind of teach them beforehand and prepare them to like kind of do their own thing. That's a good idea. I wouldn't have really thought about that. Uh, So that's cool. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see. With the, like, potassium, magnesium situation with your last birth, like, how did the birth center act about it? Like, were they just, do they just kind of keep an eye on your levels? Like, like I guess, yeah. is that what the hospital does? And right. was it, they yeah. tr- kind of treated you normal or what? How did that go? Yeah, so we, we checked my potassium levels 
um, monthly with them. Um, and we had been doing that like, uh, with my fourth as well uh, with the midwives, they had just checked them monthly, um, until the, like the 36 week mark. And then they wanted to check them at every appointment just to make sure that we had a fairly accurate idea of where my levels were. Um, because especially later in pregnancy, it's more likely that you'll be lower, um, just in general, like pregnant mm-hmm. pe- people are, but, um, especially, uh, Gittleman's, it's just important that, you know, the baby doesn't take it all. Um, so they did keep an eye on that and we took labs, um, for them, uh, when I came in to the birth center as well. Um, and they were not, I mean, they, the only thing they were concerned about was that if my levels had been lower, like before I gave birth, then they would have wanted me to go to the hospital because the hospital can get their labs back quicker mm-hmm. than the birth center could. Um, so that was the only like caveat, I guess. Um, but my levels had consistently, actually they had been better than I had ever had them during pregnancy before. So mm. that was kind of nice to, to not necessarily worry as much about that. Um, so what but, exactly does, like, what is the risk for like those certain levels so, to be, yeah, like, what, what so, can it do in pregnancy or labor or what? Yeah. So uh, just what is. So the deal with. Gittleman's is it's a low potassium and magnesium with a higher calcium um, level usually. So um, the higher retained calcium obviously can affect placenta, but they're not as concerned about that as they are about um, the low potassium and magnesium because our body, like all of the muscles need potassium and magnesium to actually work properly. And if the baby, because the baby takes everything from mom, so it, it doesn't care if the mom is low, even though it's actually more important that mom stays healthier, um, or have, has the higher levels because if her levels get too low, it can cause heart problems. And a lot of times, um, with Gittleman syndrome, patients um that is like a big symptom is that they have heart issues um okay and I did have some heart palpitations at the beginning of pregnancy but not enough and not frequent enough that they were concerned about it they did have me do an EKG um for like just for their like protection at like I want to say it was like 32 or 34 weeks, Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, just to be sure that everything was still okay. And like, it wasn't affecting the heart at all. Um, but that is, it's, that's the main concern is that it can cause heart heart palpitations and like heart, uh, cardiac arrest Mm. if it's not high enough. Um, So that's yeah. a pretty big risk. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah. 
And that's, that's part of the reason I was like so excited that they were willing to take me because I was worried that I would never get a birth certificate because yeah. I had that condition. But uh, again, because we were able to keep it um, up to their um, standard that they needed and um, just consistently, I did not have any heart problems. And that was mm. that was another thing. Like, I had never had heart problems. And I think if I had consistently, like, had heart problems before pregnancy or even, like, in my pregnancies, then they wouldn't have been able to take me. Yeah. That makes sense. But, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you got to have have that birth. <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, awesome. Yeah. So comparing, I know I asked you about immediate postpartum, but just, I guess, in a, on a more broader scale, like comparing your epidural births to your natural births like like do you did you feel like I mean obviously I know natural birth isn't always it's not like you know this just easy thing but like did you feel like it was a better experience overall or like like, how would you compare them I guess I think I really think overall it just I just felt more cared for mm. in like with the midwives. Okay. Um like OB's just I feel like with my other births postpartum they were just like, "Oh, yep, you have this like weird condition. We don't know what it is, but have fun." Like you know, <laughs> I, you know, like at my 6 week appointment they were like, "Okay, everything was good. Like see ya." Like we'll never see again (laughs) um but like the midwives um I was still seeing their um nurse practitioner um at the birth center but um even like my hospital midwives um they really kept track of me I feel like and I went in for labs um several times between my six-week appointment just to make sure that things were going up. And actually, with that birth, they didn't. So I actually stayed on um, my potassium regimen that I had been on before um, with with that fourth pregnancy, like, the entire time I was um, on um, – I was pregnant again with my fist. So it was – like, they they really tried to take care of me, I felt like, and didn't, like, just – continue to brush things off I guess um and and like at the birth center like I said I was still seeing their natural uh, their um, nurse practitioner and so she um really helped me to um she referred me to uh get into a specialist to uh, get a diagnosis of Gittleman's um because we had we had talked about like several other things that it could be um, but she was pretty sure um, after doing some hormone testing that it was Gittleman's because it shows up in hormones as well. Um, so even though it's not necessarily a hormone yeah. thing. Okay. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, and let's see. So from 
I'm sorry. I'm just trying to like remember back to our previous conversation. Um, it was your first one or two births, right? That you had the postpartum depression and then you had kind of tied that back to those low potassium magnesium levels. And you said that you really just started to take responsibility of your health and, Mm -hmm. you know, do things differently and kind of live a different lifestyle in regards to that. And then from then on, you were able to go on to have, you know, like better pregnancies and better postpartums mentally, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so you never had, after you figured that all out, like you never really struggled with the, the mental part of, of postpartum? Um, I, I had some postpartum, but it was more like, um, baby blues and not, not as overwhelming and, mm-hmm. um, down as the depression and anxiety had been before. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I mean, I can't say that it was like completely gone, but having like just the knowledge that, okay, this is something that I can do something about and you know, I have the tools that I need. Like, I have everything I need. I just need to do it. Like, yeah, that was really helpful, too, um, to actually have a physical thing that I could do um, to help things. And, like, taking my potassium wasn't, like, an immediate fix, like, because it takes a little bit to get into your system and whatever. But just, like, mentally having that switch that, that I could say, okay, I'm taking this now. It will help in like so many minutes, probably I can last that long. Like it will be okay. You know, like it's not, you know, that kind of thing, um, can really, really help like just mentally to know that it's actually like worked like that to where you could start feeling Um, and for for the most part, um, I could definitely tell when I had missed like pills and then if I um, took them, I knew for the, you know, it was a general idea, but just like giving me that time frame, like in my mind mentally. Yeah. Helped, you know, just to remind me, okay, this is not, not very long. I can do this just a little bit longer. Like it will be okay. Um, You know, um, and I think a lot of times that's that's what we need is just that reminder that, okay, it's just a little time. Yeah. I can do this, you know, deep breaths until we get there. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, you know, yeah, love on the sense. kids for a little bit longer and just <laughs> don't, yeah. don't worry about the overwhelm or whatever else. It will be okay. Um but yeah, yeah, I had a whole protocol that I, my husband's so good. He sends me a list of things. If I'm feeling down, he's like, okay, have you taken your pills? Have oh. you read scriptures? Have you listened to worship music? Have you done these things? Have you drink some water? Like that's another thing with Gittleman's. I'm always thirsty and he like, that's something he's, he's like, okay, I can make sure that you drink water. That's a good thing. <laughs> so he, yeah, he just. 
yeah, if I, if I'm like, I'm having an off day, he's like, okay, what have you done? What have you not done? How can I help? Yeah. (laughs) So he, he has really been a big support and help too. Um, Cause I know my first two postpartums, it really, really scared him. Um, Just how different he felt that I was and, and how different I felt that I was, you know, and, um, and so he's really, really tried to be proactive in um, helping me not get to that place again, which yeah. is so nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's yeah. not so helpful with depression. It's just like, okay, one more thing to do, one more thing that I am not doing that's like bad. But um, but it, it's it's been helpful for me um, in that way, but. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so important. (laughs) I love that. He's able to do that for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you've had better birth experiences and better postpartum experiences, I think, especially because I know that that's just, you know, the whole fourth trimester is like, uh, it can be so crazy if you don't like, if, if, you know, if you're not proactive in it and I'm glad that you did, you know, kind of figure out how to like take take responsibility of your own health because yeah. you know we don't always get those answers in the medical system and sometimes we have to seek mm-hmm. you know alternative routes and um mm-hmm. like do our own research and you know it's yeah. yeah it's so important to to do those things and mm-hmm. it can definitely make a difference and yeah so yeah, yeah that's encouraging <laughs> Oh, cool. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share? Did you have any resources besides the um, doula birth class that you use to prepare for your natural births? Or did you just um, do the birth class and then wing it? <laughs> I did. So I did the birth class. I also, um, I read a lot of books too. Um, well, I say a lot. Like I can remember two or three off the top of my head. Um but um, the birth partner was a really good one that I and um, I I didn't have Christian read it, but I did like read him parts that I thought were really helpful um, for him to know. And then um, birthing from within that's the other one that I read um, that I thought was really helpful. And actually, that one is the one that made me want to take a like a different childbirth education class. So that was, um, really helpful. Mm. Um, but yeah, those are the two that really, um, kind of helped prepare us for the natural birth side of things. And then with my last birth, I read, um, uh, what was it? The divine, gift of giving birth I think is what it was called um but it was like a Christian um birth stories book and it like had all kinds of um you know like really positive birth story things and like different um aspects of birth and postpartum to like um help prepare and um it was written by like doulas and uh, nurses, I think, like Christian doulas and nurses. And so that was kind of neat. Um, 
and it was helpful for me to like to help me view not just the natural birth but if I like chose a different way of birth that it would be okay like that would be what my child needed like Mm -hmm. if I felt that that's what they needed does that make sense (laughs) so like I could still change my mind if I wanted to and it would still be an okay like birth because that's what that child needed at the time or whatever um so that one like really gave me confidence as a mother that that I could have that revelation for myself and my children that I wouldn't know what was right for them in that moment. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, cool. And then my always, the last question I like to ask moms is, if you had one piece of advice, like a must-have piece of advice to give to a first-time mom, what's one thing that you'd want to tell her? Oh, um, I think definitely, definitely prepare yourself, um, do your research, find the options that you have and ask about them if you're not sure, you know, um, and, the, and definitely, not just with birth, but, but with postpartum as well, um, you know, make a plan and not just for birth again, but for postpartum um, to just make sure that you, you have the information that you need to make those decisions and to feel confident in whatever decisions that you decide, you know whether it is natural birth or hospital birth, whether it's the epidural or, um, you know, other drugs to help or the um, nitrous oxide or whatever, um, just know your options <laughs> um, is a really, really good, good start. Yeah. Yep. And I preach that over and over again, too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories and your wisdom, and especially about the Gittleman syndrome. I've never heard of a mama having that, so I'm sure you're a good resource for that as well. (laughs) So I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, and you're also a doula, correct? Do you practice doula work? um, And if you want to share, like, how people can get in touch with you and what area you serve. Yeah. Yeah. So I serve, um, Springfield, Missouri area. Um, right now I do birth doula services. Um, hopefully in the near future, I will do postpartum sort of services as well. Um, but yeah, so I serve Springfield, Missouri, um, Branson, Missouri and, um, that kind of area um yeah and my birth uh business is called sj um childbirth education services um childbirth education and doula services sorry um and so i also teach uh, childbirth education classes um i do private and group classes but um right down 
right now we don't have anything scheduled for February yet, but, um, okay. yeah. Um, I guess my email that I use is fordlanddoula at gmail.com and I can send you that, um, so you can put it in the show notes or whatever, um, if you want to do that. Yeah, that would be great. Cool. Well, thanks again. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.